You're listening to the Shire Fit Podcast. This series, Max and Johnny explore how to become the master of your mindset. Right, here we go, team. We're back for another Shire Fit Podcast. Um, this series is all about mindset. Me and Johnny are here to uh, tackle another fitness concept, uh, this time looking at Iron Men or marathon runners, Iron Man, Iron, Iron Woman, do they change that nowadays? I don't think they have it as Iron yeah. People yet, Iron but people. I can imagine that that it's will coming. be in the future. Yeah, um, we have a listener question as our warm-up from Ben uh, Westerby, and the workout is um, a mindset cue about um, how to re- react or respond to difficult situations. Uh, of course, got Johnny next to me to Hello. help pick through these uh, difficult topics. Uh, our first part of the podcast every week is going to be a warm-up question from a listener, and this week's warm-up question is from Ben Westerby. It is, uh, what's your biggest challenge that you've faced, and how did your mindset help or hinder you? Um, shall I go first, Johnny? Yeah, you can do, yeah, because as we were discussing before, I, I'm just not really sure what mine <laughs> could be. I've got a couple that I could bring in. Johnny's being really humble and <laughs> saying that he never had any difficult challenges, but f- forgetting that He's done some quite crazy things. Um, so, yeah, my, I've got two really big ones that stand out to me. And I wasn't really sure which one to choose because um, I don't think my mindset was all that good when I uh, had these challenges, to be honest. But I'll try and pick through it. So uh, the one that stands out to me was uh, this rat race event that we did whilst I was uh, in the process of joining the army with some friends. And it was a race across Scotland in a day, it's from Nairn, which is right in the top right-hand corner of Scotland, down to the bottom left-hand corner to a place called Glencoe. And uh, was it was it Glencoe or Fort William? Can't remember. Bottom left-hand corner of Scotland, mm. and it was uh, accumulate accumulated about a hundred miles of cycling, about um, thirty miles of running, and about four miles of kayaking. Mm-hmm. But it was all broken up. It was a really cool event. So, like, just at random times, you did, did those different things to get across the stage. Yeah. So you you opened with like a seven mile run. Oh right. And then okay. the bikes were there. Yeah. And you biked for like thirty miles. Yeah. And then you ran again for another four miles. And right. You kayaked for two. And then, and then was there another set of cycles? So yeah. It wasn't your own equipment. They kept, they kept moving the. The, the event, they moved oh, the right. bikes forward. That's so, cool. Which was really cool. Yeah, yeah, so it's not like a try where it's one after no. the other. Yeah, yeah, they moved them down the country for you. And every time yeah, you yeah. come off, you know, your bike was there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, this was obviously quite, <laughs> quite a difficult challenge because of the longevity. I mean, it's quite a lot of volume. Uh, and it's in Scotland and the conditions were Scottish. Mm-hmm. Let's just describe it as that. So, so piss poor. Yeah, raining, wind, <laughs> like awful. Uh, and the biggest challenge that actually happened was we kind of messed up in the race um preparation we we did some you know very rudimentary research and we were looking and it said you don't want to have a road bike because it's too fragile part of the race is going to have some trails some mountain biking and you'll need a bike that can withstand that Mm -hmm. so it said ideally you get yourself a hybrid you know one of these like mix between the worst of both worlds yeah Yeah, yeah. (laughs) or you get yourself a mountain bike um worst case scenario get a mountain bike because you don't want your bike to break halfway through so we're like right look to the hybrids too expensive yeah yeah, we'll get a mountain bike (laughs) yeah yeah so anyway we get to the start line in there and it's on the beach three two one go it's called and we we were pretty fit at the time like not you know, not being big-headed or anything, but we'd just come off the back of some marathon training, some ultras, meet our group of friends, and we 
set off racing each other. It was lads, ban- you know, boys banter, like trying to beat each other. Mm. We set off at a stupid pace. Right. The first seven miles was ridiculous. I think we run it at like some like seven minute miles pace or something. <laughs> given given the given the fact that you've got to do a huge thing, it was yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, me and Josh with this like we get to the bikes stand seven miles in first, literally of the whole race. And there's professional guys. There was a guy in a Sky GB, um, you know, suit. Right. Like he was gonna like he was a professional he's been paid to do this so we finished we beat him to the bags which <laughs> the is stupid yeah win obviously. the warm-up yeah exactly we were that guy <laughs> anyway get there to grab on jump on our bikes start cycling and literally mate every single person was on a road bike right and they were zipping past us and we're going can't wait till the trails come up yeah yeah because <laughs> they're gonna get smashed you know we've read the rules and all well, we've read the advice and everything Turns out that of the hundred miles of cycling, about three hundred meters oh, was on was trail. Was trail. Right, yeah. yeah. So everyone road biked, and mm-hmm. then literally when they got to the trail, they just put the bike on their shoulders and ran. Okay. Yeah, because they're very light as well, aren't they? Road exactly. Bikes? Yeah. So like we we started this first mile cycle, and these mate, I'm not joking, elderly <laughs> women were zipping past us on their road bikes, <laughs> just. <laughs> And uh, we were just like dropping back and back and back, uh, and 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 just the longevity of being on a bike. I I didn't realize how hard it was going to be. Like it was more. Th- it wasn't the um, like the aerobic fatigue. It was the pain of my like gooch. And my, oh right, so the but, saddle, the saddle, not and, just yeah. like the lower back and the stooped Awful. position as well. Yeah. Oh, that as well. That but too, like, really yeah, builds, yeah. like, oh, it was just the like it was excruciating. Mm. I remember trying to like position my body. Like, so I sat across the cross beam, not on the seat, because I couldn't handle the seat anymore, if that makes oh, sense. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was brutal. And Were you wearing cycling shorts? No. Oh, you're right. Didn't have Vaseline, like stupid, <laughs> mate. Just idiots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolute idiots. Right. Um, and yeah, it was just a pain. So I remember, like, and this is why I remember it as my biggest challenge, because gen- this is actually a genuine thought process that I had. So mm. I wasn't a quitter, and I knew in my head I wasn't a quitter, right? Mm. And I was like, I'm not going to quit this event. But I was in so much pain that I was looking. At one point, you're sort of cycling along these roads, quite fast roads, like 40 mile an hour roads. And I was thinking, I was looking at those cars driving by, and I thought, if I just ride into one of them mm. and get knocked off the bike, that's the end of the event for me. You know, I've got my bike's broke and I'm probably injured. But at least I don't then have to carry on. And I was genuinely wrestling with that thought in my head. Like, right, I'll just yeah. ride into one of these bikes to end it because I just didn't want to do the event anymore. <laughs> and it'd be over. Anyway, so I suppose here I should go into how did my mindset help? Number one, the mindset was like I'm not going to quit. Like I, I and the what I, the tool I used for that is like my own perception of myself is I'm not a quitter. I'm not a person who starts an event and doesn't finish it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I carried on. Number two, I just broke it down. I think that's one of the biggest things that people can do in terms of mindset. Difficult situations, difficult workouts, whether it's a five minute workout or a three-hour workout, break it down to the next thing. And I just broke it down. I just said, right, get to the next run. And I got there. And I was like, right, get to the next paddle. Get to the next food station. Get I just was breaking it down in my head as much as possible. And I was just getting to the next thing. And then eventually I made it, you know, made it to the end of the event. It was like 24 hours of slog, but we got there. Um, and I think that was probably the only thing that got me through the the event was just being able to focus on the next because I couldn't at at 50 miles in knowing I had 70 miles still to go Mm -hmm. and another 
probably three hours on the bike when I was in such excruciating pain. I couldn't think about that. No. I just had to think about do the next 20 minutes and get get off your bike, you know, yeah. and, and then... And I think if I had of... I know it's this whole cliche of being absorbed in the moment, but if I had thought about what I had left, I wouldn't have carried on. No. No, so, yeah, that was, was a massive amount. That was my uh, biggest challenge. What about yours? Yeah, I mean, because this is what we were chatting about before, because for me, I've never done anything that's massively long in duration. I've just never done it. You know, the longest thing that I've done from a, a physical perspective is... Um, I mean, the biggest thing I've ever done is probably like a multiple day individual CrossFit comp where you've got to warm up, train, cool down, warm up, train, cool down, warm up. And the hardest one of that was probably when I was in Brussels because of the sheer variety of the workouts. And like you went in on the second day and it was the day before the cut and you just, and and this was when it was just held in like Reebok CrossFit Brussels. So it wasn't, you know, in the big arenas and stuff that you see now. It was 2014, I think. And there were just rowers all over the gym floor. And you were just like, oh, no. And and the first event before the cut was like, right, you just got to do an 8K row for time. And there's one thing doing an 8K row when you're just having a nice row, but yeah, like to do it when you're fast. amongst loads yeah. of... Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. imagine the marathon row at the CrossFit yeah, Games, but not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> but then having to do that, you know, a day after a competition and then do a, another a bunch of events that were all... You know, that, that's probably the hardest thing in terms of like overall physical capacity. But other than that, it was like a sprint triathlon, which is only an hour and a half of work, really. Uh, obviously you've got to swim bike run i've done different crossfit comps where i mean <laughs> to similar to your kind of like equipment issue when i did the manchester games <laughs> back in 20 i think this was 2013 right it was uh, we knew that there was going to be an open water swim <laughs> right and uh and uh, but we didn't know what it was going to be about like how long or anything so everyone's like right get you know get everyone everyone make sure you get a wetsuit get a wetsuit get a wetsuit and i was just like oh, i don't know if i'll be able to move like well in a wetsuit and someone said to me why don't you just get a tri suit and i was like yeah yeah that's a great idea so i got a tri suit right not realizing that the tri suit is what fits under the wetsuit that you oh, then obviously yeah. take the wetsuit off so you can use yeah. you stay in the triathlon oh, suit yeah, yeah, yeah. for the that's rest of works, the thing for the yeah, cycling yeah, and running yeah. and obviously i used my tri suit for my actual triathlon which is a couple of years later but for this i was like yeah i'll just go in a tri suit i turned up in manchester with just my tri suit and it was a 750 meter open water swim and then 75 burpees for time you must have been freezing i was the only one who was not in a full wetsuit oh, oh it was yeah so literally i hit the water and was like freezing cold yeah. sinking trying to swim with all of these people that were basically gliding yeah, past yeah, me because yeah. they yeah, anyway but the thing that i have done um is you know last year and the year before i've done some things for for november the male charity in the month of november i tried to grow a mustache can't really grow one so physically you know yeah, the it, year, was, it was pathetic it is bad yeah. yeah and i take that on the chin that is it's very bad year before i ran 10k every day and then this year just gone i ran 11k every day and i'm i'm quite quick to kind of play it down because again it's like oh you know it's around an hour of running it's like not that big of a deal but obviously to do that every day you know my recovery was non-existent yeah you know, it, like, mate, it's big that woke up every day it's and, a daunting challenge it, yeah to run and, that you know, every day. Your, your recovery is getting worse and worse and worse i had a period in both months when i was quite ill yeah because and again and, and not you like you're a runner that runs all the time do you, you I crossfit never and that's I it yeah run. exactly yeah, so I do. it is a big challenge and even right? now I, yeah. I don't think you could really call it crossfit like, yeah. <laughs> i'm very much coming yeah. in lift yeah. <laughs> so it's like i don't run a lot and and you know my knees started to hurt my mm. ankles started to hurt yeah. and and the times that i got pretty sick as well like there were definitely there was definitely two days where the only thing i did was the run that day and mm. thankfully i'm self-employed i was able to move some things around and was able to rest 
and in terms of mindset kind of helping that i think for me it was it was useful to have a greater cause than myself yeah yeah i love that a good why yeah because i would never recommend that you do that ever you know like the thing that you just did there and the thing that i just did there they're definitely physical challenges that you can do if you want to to either raise money for charity or to kind of put your your body through like a test or mm. to, or to or to even improve your mental game it's not like you do that for training because that's it's like what we spoke about last week training versus competition yeah and for me, yeah, the fact that I was doing it for, for a cause greater than myself, you know, men's mental health, men's physical health is what November started as. The fact they've moved it to a mental health capacity as well is a big thing for me. Um, and so that was very easy for me to then just zone out. And what you spoke about there in terms of breaking it down, our massive help, you know, let's just do the next K, mm. do the next K, do yeah. the next K, listening to music, listen, listening to audiobooks. you know, yeah. a great way that I positioned it was like, wow, this is such a great opportunity for me to have an hour and a half to myself every day, you know, with the warm up and cool down and stuff. Yeah. Trying to try to be positive. With yeah. It, right? Where I can like listen to a podcast yeah, or yeah. listen to a book and like, you know, do these, th- have this time to myself that I never normally have because I'm always too busy, you know, working out and speaking to other people or doing client calls or, you know, yeah. a lot of my life is giving to other people mm. in the profession that I'm in. So it was good to kind of reposition it that way. Um, so breaking it down, thinking about a cause bigger than yourself, those are definitely the two key yeah. things. No, I like that. The, the why is huge, isn't it? People yeah. do these incredible things, ridiculous challenges. Oh, I mean, if you think about running... On, fueled on why only. Yeah, because yeah. I think it was the month I was doing 10K a month and then we read somewhere that some guy was doing a marathon every day. <laughs> Kevin <laughs> like, Sinfield probably. Ah, that, that's, <laughs> that, that, that's made me feel... Yeah. But obviously to him, that's a massive thing. And to yeah. me, doing 10K a day was a massive thing. So it yeah. doesn't take away the achievement for me. Because no, again, yeah. it's relative to the person who's taking part in that. Incredible segue. Go on. To the strength section, isn't it? Absolutely. So the strength section today guys um it, which is always going to be our take on a popular fitness concept uh today's one uh, is that running an iron man i suppose you don't run an iron man but completing an iron man or running a marathon makes you mentally tough um and yeah so we're going to kind of break that down and unpack it uh and in my short answer of this is i don't think it does actually no and it's not I think we need to instantly caveat that to yeah. say it's not like it's not an achievement. Yeah. We're not trying to take away from anybody's achievement of no. doing these things because yeah. completing a long distance event is a challenging thing, just like completing a double body weight deadlift or, you know, yeah. one and a half body weight back squat are, mm. are incredible achievements. They're good achievements, yeah. But it is worth saying that, as you said, it, doing that in itself won't instantly make you mentally tough. Yeah. Um, um, my point from this comes from experience. So again, like I, I feel like I'm one of them old military guys who always goes on about their time in the military when I didn't actually serve that long or do anything. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I saw this a lot when I was doing recruit training in Catterick where I was in charge of recruits and you get these really talented and really, um, you know, fit, robust recruits that turn up on day one. And you look into their background and they've been, you know, county running champions and they've done all these, like, incredible things athletically. And you think, oh, these guys are going to smash it. You know, you enable him as, like, these people are going to sail through parachute regiment training. Um, You know, and on the flip side, you get these other lads who have just, you know, turned up. They've done a little bit of training before and enough that they need to get into the army and nothing, you see nothing special about them mentally. Mm. And you think, well, maybe you know maybe they're going to struggle 
and it often turns out the other way around so the people with the talent the people who are super fit the people who arrive you know in good condition seem to struggle because when they're used to doing well they're used to mm. going to physical events and being you know competent and pushing and so when you know inevitably at some point along the journey in parachute regiment training something's going to get hard <laughs> you know it's a part of the process something's going to go wrong something's going to get hard you're not going to be you know fit enough to handle everything yeah um those people tend to crumble because they've not had that experience of things being difficult and having the grit to work through them or the mental skills to get around that yeah massively whereas the guys who potentially haven't breezed through life haven't found things easy you know mm. um when they're hit with those hurdles they know how to get around them yes. they get around the obstacles and and i think behind that to the original concept which is about these iron man to marathons mm-hmm. it could it could make you mentally tough it could mean that you're mentally tough you know but if you've trained for a marathon you've done lots of aerobic runs you're in good condition you've always been good at running you turn up and do a marathon it doesn't necessarily mean that you're super mentally st- strong it's a different know? achievement than exactly. someone that hasn't done it exactly and to go back to your point about these people that come into the recruitment and that maybe they've sailed through life or never had to struggle mm. it's also a thing about upbringing and language mm. because there's a big difference between people who have been told oh my god you're so naturally intelligent yeah. oh look at like that score in maths that you just got or like oh wow like you're so good at football and then you you get your self-worth wrapped up in your achievement but you also think that these things should come naturally to you and that you don't have to work and then when things are difficult you're unlikely to do it because you don't want to be shown up and so your default then is to not try because then you have an excuse yeah. and both my brother and I fell privy to that um, and, and are aware of it now going back to your uh, your segment about hey if you've always been a runner these things have come really natural to you and then you run a marathon hey it's still a massive achievement but it's you know we do have to bring that up in terms of like people's essences their backgrounds their genetics and what they've been predisposed to it's like me having grown up as a a big rugby playing guy who's always been strong and genetically puts on muscle easily Mm. it doesn't take away from my achievement that i go to the gym three to five times a week and have done for the last you know 15 years and therefore i'm strong Mm. but someone else could put in that same time and not achieve the same thing yeah doesn't take away from the process doesn't mean that they're not mentally strong exactly so therefore actually if they put in more work or more effort or all of those things like me training for a marathon that can provide a lot of mental toughness because I'm doing something that's actually very against my natural like essence and genetic, you know, and also my upbringing. Yeah. To then overcome those hurdles and still achieve something that really I'm not like as naturally designed to do. Yeah, I think applying to um, the original sort of, I mean the the statement running an Ironman or marathon makes you mentally tough is obviously um, a kind of play it leads us to define what mental toughness is yeah if i was to try and define that i'd say it's how you react to adversity how you react to difficult situations and um you know what tools you've got in the locker to be able to get through them not necessarily what the achievement is we're separating the achievement right and that that, so that might that might mean for some someone who just runs a 10k given that they've had no running experience maybe like yourself all they've done is played rugby all they've done is you know lift weights and they go out and get sucked into a 10k and they 5k in their shins start to hurt their knees start to hurt and they respond i would say that's equally as mentally tough as someone who's run all their life feels awesome does 
50k a week and then goes and does a marathon yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it's it's about it's a relatively relative achievement yeah, yeah. and it, uh, but it, it comes back to our point that we spoke about last week around the process mm. rather than the outcome and the achievement and and as you said it's your mental toughness is your ability to respond and your ability to do what is right and good for you like it's that combination of self-compassion to a point where people need to understand kind of what that really means but then the ability to do the thing that's right for you um and be resilient and uh, you know and and to respond in the situation with the with the right action yeah which moves us on then finally guys to our workout this week which is um more of a mindset cue or some sort of strategy um than it is theory so what we want to give you here is something practical and something that you can actually take away and apply um and the cue is comes from um jocko willink i've literally stolen this straight from him if you don't know who jocko is he's this big burly you know navy seal guy uh how do you describe jocko ugly as sin <laughs> does ju- does uh, jiu-jitsu four hours a day gets up at four in the morning drinks black coffee just like you tough military man navy military man you are yeah. going into your stereotype here very no, much not, so. no, no. <laughs> what, what do you mean why this stood out to me no i'm joking um so yeah and and something that i've stolen from him which i you know i actually listened to him talk about this concept and i'm trying to apply it to us and our members which is um his concept of don't listen to the first report and what jocko means by that is he's talking about uh, military situations where you know, not that I've actually done this for real, by the way, disclaimer, um, but it, when you get shot at in the military or you, um, they call it a contact, the first thing that you do is you send a situation report back to your, um, or contact report back to your um, line manager or your boss, say, for example. And generally, those reports are a little bit exaggerated, um, probably a little bit emotional, and they're generally um, not true, false, Um so the general's job who's listening further back or the major's job, whoever's job it is to listen to that report is to try and, yes, understand the situation, but also take things with a pinch of salt because as things turn out, they're probably not as bad as um, we think. And this concept applies not just in war and in battle, you know, it applies in life as well. So um, some ex- some examples, like lifetime examples is... Um, one, for example, that happened to my brother recently where they just got a brand new car um, and his wife was out driving and she sadly um, clipped the curb and, and hit hit the tyre. She rang him and said, oh, I've just, it was a brand new car and he, it was like two weeks old. And she rang him and said, oh, I've just smashed the car against the curb. So my brother's gone, you know, from naught to 100 mile an hour and he's, you know, God, the car's going to be written off and how much money it's going to be, thousands of pounds and all these, you know, thoughts are running through his head. And then he has to say to himself, look, don't listen to the first report. It's probably not that bad. And when he goes to actually see her and help her out of the situation, you know, that alloy's cracked. The wheel's deflated. It's a couple hundred pounds. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, those situations happen all the time, don't they? Um, I was thinking another one, maybe more down your line of work, Johnny, would be like, I don't know, maybe you say a line wrong in, in a show or you <laughs> right. sing something out of tune. Yeah, like, yeah. you're going to go, your head's going to go, <sighs> Never. Oh, never not you um yeah like your head's gonna go oh fucked it it's you know i've, I've made a big mistake here oh, yeah, you can't do that in live yeah. theater something goes wrong every day oh. <laughs> every time just no, honestly every show really? every right. show something went wrong yeah in every show i've ever done 
and, you know, and my you microphone have to just... fell out of my pocket <laughs> and just like cracked against the deck. In the was that the one that I was watching? No, that happened there yeah, yeah. and in the last one. Maybe I just you need did bigger well. pockets, mate. Well, it's because I've got. T- I had two in this last show. So yeah. yeah. But luckily, so luckily that one was my backup. Yeah. And it was a scene where I had to take my shirt off, and I literally took my shirt <laughs> off and stood up off the off the thing, and then my microphone just hit the deck. <laughs> and, and luckily, the woman who I was like acting in the scene with, she just like picked it up alongside like the shirt I'd just taken off, as if she was cleaning up. Yeah. So I managed to kind of like oh, nice. cover it up. Yeah, and yeah. It was my backup, so it didn't. You know, it doesn't make a big deal. But yeah, you've just got to. Yeah. That happens every. The, the other thing I was thinking show. about this in, in terms of application to our real members is like maybe you know comments like not like gossip or like comments on social media little things like that where someone says like oh you know someone comments something nasty and and kind of like jump into that conclusion Mm. reacting that person hates me i never get on with them those little like reactions probably not the case and that person's probably just had a bad day or maybe he's not realized the intention of what they've said or something like that just trying to react yeah i mean written communication is the like mother of all evils because you can never actually get the right attention across and when you read it from someone else you never know how they've intended to make make that statement um and if someone is being genuinely like nasty you kind of have to rise above that to see it's much more of a indicator of like their current as you said mental state than yours you know like they've had a bad day or what have you um i think as well with with the members here and, and kind of replying this like first report it's it, you know when you have a bad day mm. and you come in and you have a really bad workout or you miss lifts or yeah. you know you're just feeling really sluggish um you know you've had like no sleep or you've got like loads of extra stress at work um it's easy to start catastrophizing yeah or pointing the blame at things that are like are the simplest answer like oh you know i'm not getting any better i'm not getting any stronger this workout's not working or like oh you know it's because i you know it's because i had that pizza last night or yeah, yeah or <laughs> like you know I'm the gonna, pizza's fault. i need to go on a diet or i need to do you know i need to snap out of this or whatever and then when you actually chat like reflect on your week as a whole you're like oh yeah uh, I've got a really, really rough report at work. I've been pulling like extra long days. You know, kids haven't been sleeping very well. Uh, you know, I've been clenching my teeth in my sleep. Been getting up several times in the night. Not been drinking a lot of water. Not really like eating a lot at all. You know, not regularly. Yeah. Uh, not like so. Not recovering. Not eating like regularly. Um, and then yeah, this is the only session I've had this week. Yeah. It's like oh, okay, so actually yeah. it's the whole of the things. Yeah. And it's just a bad day. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like. I- yeah, I, I see it a lot in the gym as well with injuries. So people yeah. like tweak something or, you know, they'll feel something that doesn't feel right. So even if it's not an injury, it might just be a, an uncomfortable yeah, feeling. Yeah, just, yeah, I don't know what you'd call it, but let's, yeah, you know, like a let, tweak or. Yeah, something like that. That's actually not a full, going to be an, a big issue, but people. Mm. First, first, you know, uh, reaction to that is, oh, that's it. That's my training's gone for eight weeks now, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm halfway through this progression, and I'm gonna miss all, the, you know, I'm gonna miss the competition in the end of June, and all these little like thoughts start to spiral. Mm-hmm. And there's a really important reason why we need to actually have to, why we have to wrestle that reaction back, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that your body has a physiological response to that negative mindset. Yeah, you know, like if you hit the roof, you panic about these things. You're actually gonna have some physiological responses your cortisol is going to rise your yep. recovery is going to drop your inflammation will go more yep. you're going to end up in a worse situation than if you actually just go yeah you know what i've tweaked something that happens you know people tweak things probably be all right in the morning or i'll see what i feel like next week you know yes um, you brought up a good point there max actually because a lot of people don't we don't think about it that way that you just said there about the fight or flight response kicking in mm. and actually that's a really key part of uh 
you know emotional regulation and also really tuning into your body to find out what's actually happened so like we might get a tweak or a weird feeling and that is so totally natural for human beings who are like active and are putting their body through physical training and like new movements and things like that like you literally might just get a bit of a tweak in the back of your knee because you've been doing a lot of squatting and like, oh, okay like that's a bit interesting and you can just kind of say like okay I'll, I'll put an eye on it do my next set of squats if it's hurting I'll stop squatting for now or take the weight down see how it feels okay it's still hurting yeah I'm gonna t- I'm gonna stop that for now let's go do something else or let's just go home and like I'll walk it off and see how I feel tomorrow but if you catastrophize that and be like oh, f- oh yeah man I've injured myself like oh let's google the symptoms oh my god this is saying that I've ruptured like the back of my knee tendon <laughs> I'm gonna need surgery as you said like that's gonna that's a full-on fight-or-flight response yeah. and you are now telling yourself that story that you've injured yourself and pain is so interesting the psychosomatic relationship of pain because sometimes there's a bit of a pain response there because your body might be protecting yourself from an injury or it's worried because there's been an injury there on that previous pattern in the past that you now need to re you know you need to retrain but the story you tell yourself there can really kick up a good response there's there's a good book on that which is called the body keeps the score yeah which is all about that like trauma pain and the fight or flight response that you could be constantly living in Mm. because you from emotional regulation there's like work to be done there yeah there's there's uh another one actually talking about missed lifts that jack's reading at the moment called the expectation effect oh right which talks about how um there is a physiological response to pressure yeah either good or bad yeah depending yeah. on your like the expectation you're putting on yourself so um you know again similar similar symptoms but cortisol is higher and, and one of the points is that you you lose fluidity essentially the mo- movements don't flow as well because you're stressed and you're worried and you're sort of tight yeah um and that has a genuine impact on let's say for example we keep, keep talking about snatches but let's say for example snatches and so when for example you come in on monday and it snatches and you snatch and it don't feel good like let's not catas- like don't trust the first you uh, just have bad days report, sometime, yeah, yeah and go i'm rubbish at snatching i'm never going to be good at this the cycle's not worked for me blah blah you know just go you know what it's not it's not my day today maybe next week will be better it know, goes just. back to what we spoke about last week in that confidence mm. you strike while the iron is hot and if it's yeah. not you take it back yeah. strip it back and make sure you're moving well you know we talk about snatches a lot and you know there's been a week where i've pb'd and then the very next week, same day of the week, pretty similar circumstances all around. 20 kilos lighter than that's feeling like absolute crust. Yeah. And you're like, okay, well, I just crispy. need to take... Yeah, that's what like, we like to say. How are you feeling? I, crispy. Yeah, I call it crusty. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, right, I've just got to strip it back. I've got yeah. to focus on my movement. I'm not feeling too hot today. I don't start thinking, oh man, I can't snap. Yeah, I've lost it. I've, I've lost, lost my strength yeah, in a week. Uh, yeah. Exactly. People yeah. do it with muscle-ups. Yeah. Do a muscle-up one week, next week they're like, I can't get it. I've yeah. lost it. Yeah. I've lost it. Yeah. And it's just having a bad day. Yeah. Go back to how it feels. Go back to, you know, like, you yeah. know, the kinesthetic awareness piece of the movement. Stop overthinking every little arm pull, kip swing, pulled mm. my hips too far up or my arms too low down. Go back to how it felt or it's just a bad day. Do some progression work instead. Yeah. Come back another day with more confidence. How have you found this plays out when it comes to like things being announced in your time through CrossFit, Johnny? So like events workouts, things. events, yeah, open workouts, for example. What like mm. what? How can you apply? Don't listen to the first report to that. Yeah, it's a great question because if you see something that comes up that you're not as good at, mm. you can easily talk yourself into a poor mm. performance. And I think what helped me was I had proof 
that even when an event came up that maybe I didn't like at first glance, it didn't mean necessarily that I was going to do badly at that event. Yeah. And that the only thing that I could then control was going in with a game plan, feeling confident about what I was doing and, and, and making sure I did it my way. Yeah. So two events like that, one was CrossFit Open 2015 second one. And it was like you had four minutes to do two rounds of 10 overhead squats and 10 chest bar pull-ups at 42 and a half kilos and then if you did that within the four minutes you got an, another four minutes yeah, and it went two rounds good. of 12 yeah. and 12 14 14 and it went up again didn't it yeah. so for me yeah. on paper i could have been like chest bar pull up some crap at but i went in with the game plan of breaking it into two sets every time because overhead squats actually i'm quite good at so i always did my chest bars in negative splits mm. so six four six four and then seven five seven five always did a higher set and a lower set yeah and i got to the round of 18s shredded my hands in the process but it was my best open score i was like yeah. 97th or something in europe mm. on paper i would have hated that workout so n- so your reaction wasn't justified in that when you actually got into it it didn't it wasn't as bad as you thought yeah because yeah. and it, so for me then because that was quite early in in that sport it was a it, it was able for me to say if you get a workout that looks like all of your garbage on paper mm. you can't respond in that way yeah because then you're going to go in and you're going to perform like garbage it's yeah. like it's that self-fulfilling prophecy, that pressure of expectation. If you go in with that mindset, you're just you're going to prove it to yourself, and he'd be like, "See, yeah, told you, yeah." But what if you went in with a different story? Mm. What if you, okay, this is a weakness of mine, but I've been working a lot on this, and actually, I've got a game plan of breaking it down. And as long as I break it down and I do these things, then I followed my game plan, and that to me is a success, yeah, regardless of the outcome of the result, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I often see this happen, you know, workouts come out, people hit the roof and go, oh, I can't do this or never done never done that before, so I can't do it and, and they panic and actually when most people get into the workouts, it's never as bad as they think. You know, you always ask people afterwards, how's that? Oh, you know, it was all right, actually. You know, it, it, it very rarely is the worst thing and, and I think that actually applies to bigger challenges as well yeah um for example like there'll be people listening to this podcast now saying you know i could never do an ironman or run a marathon we've got loads of people doing it on sunday actually have you yeah Yeah. um or tough mudder or these little things um but actually like and that and i think that's twofold one because in themselves they're panicking and they're listening to it's a 20 mile obstacle course and all this crazy cat you know catastrophizing like you said but also i think people who've done the events often go make it sound a lot worse than it actually is you know they go like, <laughs> oh, oh yeah it was horrible. my time yeah, it, was it was the worst yeah it was yeah. the coldest water ever and it was the worst electric shocks ever and all you remember those events where you used to get electric shocked and like smokes in your eyes and stuff like that? they were ridiculous weren't, weren't they, they the older spark races rubbish. where you get like yeah cut <laughs> by barbed wire and things. <laughs> but anyway yeah um, i think like people like to sort of be the warrior don't they about those things and actually when you get into those events they're not that bad you know that you'll you'll be okay and and the whole kind of concept of like don't listen to the first report is let's not have a negative emotional reaction Mm. to these you know things not going your way you get a garbage workout that's announced for an open workout or whatever let's try and it's an 8k row and (laughs) exactly yeah Yeah, yeah. first competition walk in 8k row you've not been on a row for a little while let's try and manage that that um mental reaction because it's going to have a positive physical benefit to you Mm. um yeah cool so uh hope you enjoyed that guys um 
a lot of us talking about our challenges. Uh, it'll be interesting to well, hear yeah. some of yours over the next week or so. Yeah, I mean, talking about that, I've been thinking about this November. Yeah, or oh, what, what you going to do. do. I'm thinking about Hero Wad Month. Right. So coming in every day and doing a Hero Wad. Nice. Yeah. So a lot more wear on the joints and things. But, but you can. But the thing is, is that you can program it yourself. So you yeah, can alternate nice. the volume and the yeah. you know what I mean, like do do a longer one, then a shorter one, then a medium one. So I'm I'm pretty set on that. I'm going to work out the logistics of it, and if that then gets confirmed, I'll put it in the group. Right, guys, today I'm doing this. It's at this time. Yeah, it'll be an open gym time. See if anyone wants to do it with you. Well, that's what I mean. Based so, off this concept. So everybody, concept. everybody listening to this, if you you know, look out for that because each day in November I'll post the time, I'll post the workout. It'll be open gym. And then we can do it together. Come and roll. Yeah. Wicked. Right, guys. Hope you enjoyed that. Hope you got something out of it. You know, when shit hits the fan, don't listen to the first report. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you for listening to the Shire Fit Podcast with Max and Johnny. Don't forget to like and subscribe, and we will see you next week for another episode.